Welcome to your Thursday edition of Transformation Radio.
Hi, my name is Joshua Morrison. I came here to the refuge because I was broken. I needed something new. I tried everything to make it out in the world but God. So now since I've came to the ref refuge, I've did a complete 360. I got saved on the farm, got baptized, and I also built relationships with guys in weeks that are stronger than the ones I've had for 20 years. I mean, I wake up feeling good. Things are happening out on that farm that are life-changing, and I thank God for it and the authority he put out there. Matt, sleep around field. Keep it going. Stay strong in your faith. God's changing people through you because of the authority and structure you built out there. Also, I want to make a quick shout-out to my brothers on the farm. I love you and can't wait to see you. God bless. Morning, this is John. Just now transferring into Phase 2. So I want to give a shout-out to Matt, Dustin, and Phil in Phase 1, the overseers. When I first got here, for the majority of my life, I felt like I was Catholic, but uh, was non-practicing, never really knew anything about uh, the Holy Spirit inside me. Those three overseers helped point me in the right direction. It was a slow process, but uh, for the first time in a very long time, I feel like there is a little bit of light inside me. It's a good feeling. Uh, for those of you in phase one, hang in there. It takes a little bit of patience. But if you keep at it, keep praying every day, you'll start to feel it too, hopefully. And all I can say is uh, just be patient, hang in there. It's easier than you think. And now, as we begin looking into the New Testament, our reading today will come from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. Meat, bought in the marketplace, was likely to have been symbolically offered to an idol in one of the uh, many pagan temples. Animals were brought to a temple, killed before an idol as part of a, a pagan religious ceremony, then taken to butchers who sold the meat in a temple restaurant or in the marketplace. The believers wondered, we'll find out here in this passage today, that uh, if by eating such meat they were somehow participating in the worship of pagan idols. We'll discover that love is more important than knowledge. Knowledge makes us look good and feel important, but one can easily develop an arrogant, know-it-all attitude. Many people with strong opinions are unwilling to listen and learn from God and others. We can obtain God's knowledge only by loving Him. And we'll see that Paul addressed his words to believers who weren't bothered by eating meat that had been sacrificed to idols. Although idols were not real and the pagan ritual of sacrificing to them was meaningless, eating such meat offended Christians with more sensitive consciences. Paul said, therefore, that if a weaker or less mature believer misunderstood their actions, they should, out of consideration, avoid eating meat offered to idols. But Christian freedom does not mean, you know, anything goes. It means that our salvation is not determined by legalism, good works, or rules, but by the free gift of God. Christian freedom, then, is inseparably tied to Christian responsibility. New believers are often very sensitive to what's right or wrong, you know, what they should or shouldn't do. Some actions may be perfectly all right for us to do, but may harm a Christian brother or sister who's still young in the faith and learning what the Christian life is all about. So we got to be careful not to offend a sensitive or younger Christian, uh, or by our example to cause him or her to sin. When we love others, our freedom should be less important to us than strengthening the faith of a brother or sister in Christ. And now let's begin reading today, here out of the New Testament. August 13th, the New Testament 
1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. Now regarding your Corinthians' questions about food that has been offered to idols, yes, we know that we all have knowledge about this issue. But while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. But the person who loves God is the one whom God recognizes. So, what about eating meat that has been offered to idols? Well, we all know that an idol is not really a god, and that there is only one god. There may be so-called gods both in heaven and on earth, and some people actually worship many gods and many lords. But we know that there is only one God, the Father, who created everything, and we live for Him. And there is only one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom God made everything, and through whom we have been given life. However, not all believers know this. Some are accustomed to thinking of idols as being real. So when they eat food that's been offered to idols, they think of it as the worship of real gods, and their weak consciences are violated. It's true that we can't win God's approval by what we eat. We don't lose anything if we don't eat it, and we don't gain anything if we do. But you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. For if others see you with your superior knowledge, eating in the temple of an idol, won't they be encouraged to violate their conscience by eating food that has been offered to an idol? So because of your superior knowledge, a weak believer for whom Christ died will be destroyed. And when you sin against other believers by encouraging them to do something they believe is wrong, you are sinning against Christ. So if what I eat causes another believer to sin, I will never eat meat again as long as I live, for I don't want to cause another believer to stumble. Our readings today from the book of Psalms will come from Psalm 33, verses 1 through 11. We'll see that because David was an accomplished harpist, he frequently spoke about musical instruments. Throughout his Psalms he did this. He undoubtedly composed music for many of the psalms, and he commissioned music for temple worship. He would have been a great worship leader in any church today. A person's words are measured by the quality of his or her character. If your friends trust what you say, it's because they trust you. We'll see in psalms here today that if you trust what God says, it's because you trust Him to be the God He claims to be. If you doubt His words, you doubt the integrity of God Himself. If you believe God is truly God, then believe what He says. And as we read on, we'll see that all God's words are true and trustworthy. The Bible is reliable because, unlike people, God does not lie. He does not forget, change His words, or leave His promises unfulfilled. We can trust the Bible because it contains the words of a holy, trustworthy, and unchangeable God. And as we read in Psalms here today, we'll see that this is a uh, poetic summary of the first uh, chapter of Genesis. God is not just the uh, coordinator of natural forces. He is the Lord of creation, the Almighty God. Because He is all-powerful, we should uh, reverence Him in all that we do. God's plan stands forever. Are you frustrated by inconsistencies you see in others or even in yourself? Well, God is completely trustworthy. His intentions never change. There's a promise that good and perfect gifts come to us from the Creator who never changes. 
So when you wonder if there is anyone in whom you can trust, remember that God is completely consistent. He is trustworthy. Let Him counsel you. And now our reading in the book of Psalms, Psalm 33, verses 1 through 11. Let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise Him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for Him on the ten-stringed harp. Sing a new song of praise to Him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. For the word of the Lord holds true, and we can trust everything He does. He loves whatever is just and good. The unfailing love of the Lord fills the earth. The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word, and all the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Let the whole world fear the Lord, and let everyone stand in awe of Him. For when He spoke, the world began. It appeared at His command. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Proverbs 21, verses 8-10 through 10. The guilty walk a crooked path. The innocent travel a straight road. It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. Evil people desire evil. Their neighbors get no mercy from them.
Letting go of every single dream I lay each one down at your feet Every moment of my wandering Never changes what you see I've tried to win this war, I confess My hands are weary, I need your rest Mighty warrior, king of the fight No matter what I face, you're by my side Welcome back to day 30 of our Daring Faith Devotions. Replace your fears with faith. Fear is a choice. God is watching over you. He knows everything that you're going through, and he's not afraid of the outcome of any hardships or trial that you're facing. If God's not afraid, you don't have to be afraid either. You trust God. You don't give in to your fears. When the Apostle Paul was facing certain death, here's what he said. This happened 
so that we should rely on not ourselves, but only on God who raises the dead. From such terrible dangers of death, he saved us, and he will save us. And we've placed our hope in him that he will save us again. That's 2 Corinthians 1, 9 and 10. Paul had the right perspective. He made the right choice. He replaced his fears with faith. God's promise to believers is that no matter what happens, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, Romans 8, 28. It doesn't say here that all things are good. It says that they are all working together for good in your life. That means you can stop listening to your fears. There is no difficulty, dilemma, defeat, or disaster in your life that God cannot ultimately use for your good and for his glory. And so there's no need to fear the future. Your fears reveal where you don't trust God. Today, you might even make a list of your fears and ask God to identify, to help you to identify why you have fear in those areas, why you're not trusting God in those areas. And then you ask him, God, help me to replace my fears with faith. Let's pray together right now. And Lord, that's our simple prayer. Lord, help me to replace my fears with faith. Give me spiritual understanding to understand why I have those fears, why I'm not trusting you in that area of life. It may be some past hurt. It might be some selfishness in my life. It may be some misunderstanding of you or your word. Help me to understand the lie that Satan is telling me. But even more than that, Lord, help me to understand the truth that you're telling me, the truth of your love, the truth of your purpose, the truth of your power. Help me to lean on that. Lord, I pray that through the power of your spirit, you would replace my fears with faith. And I pray it in Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for listening to Transformation Radio.